0: We are back for another edition of the Big Red Louie podcast. I am your host, Jacob Lane. We've got a great show for tonight. I'm joined as always, well, I shouldn't say as always, because this is a, a rare uh, occurrence to see you on the show, Presley. But it, I think we're, we're back in order. You and I are going to be doing this a lot more. Well, you took some yes, time off. But yeah, welcome in, Presley Meyer, the co-host of the Big Red Louie podcast. How are you?
1: Dude, I'm doing incredible. It's a weekend. We got uh, We got some playoff basketball on the television uh the 2020 champs play later tonight so um we're all we're all pumped big time uh, utah jazz podcast now so um we're all we're all excited for for the world champions but i know you wanted i know you want to quickly graze over me and get to the real guest um the star of the show
0: oh hush yeah you got you. Well, you, you already go that far and you might as well introduce him but let's bring in dalton pence recruiting expert uh writer for the big red lily writer for cardinal sports zone how are you man I'm doing good.
2: I appreciate y'all having me on.
0: Yeah, it's good, to, it's good to see you and talk to you. Last time we had you on here, um, you, uh, one comment was made that led to, to another uh, reaction, <laughs> which led to a certain podcast eventually taking place. So it is good to have you back on here, hoping you'll bring the same fire as you usually do. Um, but I want to talk a lot of recruiting tonight, Dalton. That's obviously your specialty. Um, things have been pretty quiet after a hot summer and spring for both Louisville and basketball. Basketball's got some uh, unfortunate news here in the last few weeks, but I want to dive into both of those. Been a, football football, and basketball it's been a, a yeah. pretty productive spring and summer um, both staffs have been um, pretty much nationally praised for their work during the pandemic and how they've been able to kind of adapt but I want to start with football where uh, that's really where the the biggest noise has come from um, and you know the big the big run on recruitments for the second year in a row but I want to start here Dalton let me ask you this a lot has happened that they're sitting at what 24 uh, or how many commitments do we have right now 22 commitments right now in the class we're still four months out just about from early signing period uh, I think they've got a few spots left break break down where we are um, give me the last couple of pieces of news that have kind of taken place uh, and then kind of set the scene of where we are heading forward
2: yeah so first of all it's it was crazy to watch everything happen in the summer because there were multiple weeks where we were getting multiple commits, and that was absolutely insane considering the circumstances that we're in today with the virus. Um, right now, Louisville's sitting with two spots, and I've been told that one will be used for a defensive tackle, and one will likely be used for an offensive lineman. And, you know, there's a, there's a couple names to look at, but in all reality, I think that the Louisville football staff has really bought themselves some time to kind of sit back and, you know, monitor everything. There's going to be guys that decommit from other programs. Um, You know, it's, it's inevitable. So I think that, you know, having such a successful summer allows them to, you know, it gives them the luxury to be able to sit back and, you know, zone in on these last two spots and use them in a way that they really want to.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a great point. And uh, we saw them do something similar last year, Um, But obviously with a few more spots available as they went into the season, um, and as they started to play well, I, I can particularly point out the Boston College game, recruiting picked up. You had a guy like Jordan Watkins decommit from Kentucky, eventually ended up in Louisville. Uh, Nick Melito, not there, you know, far after, ended up from Toledo at Louisville. So Louisville was able to kind of catch some of those flips and, and take advantage of having those spots available. Let me ask you this. Do you think in your mind right now, if you had to guess that all of the 22 guys that are committed will end up signing? Or do you think that you, know, when, you have, when you have this big run on commitments during a pandemic where players aren't visiting schools things are probably going to change for a lot of kids and in your mind do you think that happens for Louisville Uh, do you think they find themselves in a spot where maybe they want to go after some higher uh, profiled guys how do you see that kind of playing out
2: yeah let me just go and say that the 22 now I don't think all of them will be on you know in the class when signing day comes and and, you know that's not a slow light at any of these recruits or um, you know the coaching staff it's just the reality we live in you know there's always some turnover in the recruiting classes on regular years this year is especially different and I'd be lying to you if I said that I knew what was coming in terms of you know attrition and stuff like that but I don't this is I'm I'm 22 years old I mean in terms of 2020 I don't have a lot of track record in the world in terms of a football recruiting analysis so
0: Hey, man, but let me tell you this, though. But before you go on, I want to stop you because um, that's nobody knows how to, re- you know, cover recruiting or uh, get information during the middle of a pandemic. And what you have done for yourself in the last few months, my friend, is, is something to be proud of. So continue your point, but I want to throw that out there.
2: Yeah, I definitely appreciate it. And it, it's just all about, you know, forming relationships. And I think that that's kind of the mantra of this recruiting class. I don't think that we're going to see a ton of turnover. Just because these guys view each other as a family, but at the end of the day, you know, players have to do what's best for themselves. Some might elect to stay closer to home due to all this uncertainty. The coaching staff might elect to go for higher rated guys. That's kind of what I was, you know, referring to with players are going to decommit from other places. So, you know, what was going to do their homework there. And there's going to be players that decommit from Louisville if other schools come calling. So it's just, it's the nature of college football recruiting, but um, this year is going to be a little different and we'll see more as, you know, early signing day approaches and this quote unquote college football season that's supposed to be happening.
1: One thing that's impressed me, Dalton, and I'm not sure if you picked up on this, but I feel like there's a lot of high character kids in this class. Like that's, that's been the thing that stood out to me the most um, I'm not sure if you got to catch it, but I actually hopped on with, with uh, Kanai Walker and Ashton Gelati, uh this past week. And I was really impressed with just the way they handled themselves. And we yes. actually came with the mindset of we were going to be asking them some questions about their, how they're handling the quarantine. Just talking about, you know, their season in general. And they came with questions of their own. They wanted to yeah. ask us questions during the interview. That's incredible. So they're, they're, yeah, absolutely incredible. Yeah, they, are, you know, they are interested in the way that we are handling things here. They were impressed by um, the way that the governor has handled everything, by the way that the athletic department has handled things, because there's a lot of players in this class that are coming from situations where they, their schools, their states, their towns are not handling uh, things the way that, that we are here in Louisville. Um, so it was interesting to hear their feedback. They were very mature about, um, you know, they really wanted to take the virus seriously. Uh, they didn't want to bring anything home to their parents or anything like that. And they wanted to, um, really hammer home the fact that they were, um, excited to get up to Louisville because they think that the staff takes their safety, um, extremely seriously. Um, so I guess for my, my question for you, Dalton was, have you noticed that at all uh, it, as far as this has just been a recruiting class? That has been um, extremely strong in terms of, of character um, and personality, and in the way that they fit with each other.
2: Yeah, impressed. I think that the, it's not. Have I noticed it? It's how can one miss it? Is the real thing. And first, True. first of all, you know, shout out to you. That that was a great segment that you did. I actually listened to it all. I was very impressed, just like you were with um, you know the recruits. You know, Kanai, Ashton, they're both very high character guys. Um, I've done a handful, and I know that you all have seen them, a handful of uh, uh, feature articles for Cardinal Sports Zone, uh, just basically highlighting the you know, players' journeys. And you, you talk, I want to kind of piggyback off one of your points. You talked about the maturity of some of these players, and I think that that really comes from having to mature at such a young age. Like when I, you know, talking to some of these guys, Raheem Craig, Aaron Gunn, come from small towns. They've had to mature to get – out of that small town mentality you know uh, Demetrius Cannon overcoming a, a terrible knee injury freshman year and building himself back up I mean you can go down the line these guys have all faced hardships to where you know a lot of people will lay down and just you know sulk but these guys have taken the initiative to not only overcome but to also not become bitter due to their situations and I think you see that in a collective sense with Flyville 21 is these guys have completely put the university ahead of their personal successes. And, you know, you know. let's not be naive. Uh, success on the field ultimately lures these guys to your programs. But when you can sell guys on a culture that is so profound in the way that it, you know, it screams love and commitment and character. Like, it, it, it blew me away during my first interview with Zen Mikowski. And it's blown me away with everyone since I've got one in the in the works with another recruit and uh it's it's crazy because i mean it's it's recruit after recruit high character after high character
1: yeah i mean it, it, that's that's exactly that has been my train of thought as well uh going into this class i have been I've just been extremely impressed with every guy even going back to this this previous class that the coaching staff has been in on um because they, they are just extremely um, they're extremely focused on what it what it's going to mean for them to be a team what it's going to be what it's going to be, mean for them to work cohesively and they're trying to accomplish that um, while they're all in high school while they're all quarantined away from each other so and that, that is that's one other thing as well they've really taken advantage of um, since they haven't been able to hit the weight room as much since they haven't been able to you know put on the pads as much, and practice, um, they have taken advantage of the fact that they've been at home and they've developed relationships. You know, they're, they're in contact with the coaching staff. They're in contact with, uh, possible recruits. They're in contact with, with each other. Um, so it's right. been extremely fascinating to watch. Um, it, it's, it's more than just a character thing. It's the, it's the way that a lot of these guys have been brought up. And I think that's, a, I think that's something that the coaching staff, um, goes after, they're going after guys who are going to fit into the, to the culture that they're, they're trying to, to develop. Um, to me, I think that, that it speaks volumes as well, that Louisville's top three guys are guys that we don't even hear from very much. So if you think about like Dre Williams, that was a guy who nobody, I mean, I think people had a pretty good idea that he was, you know, almost dead set on Louisville, but he's not a guy that's on social media. He's not a guy that's doing a lot of interviews I mean, this is a guy that's a high four star, you know, like a top 300 ish commit or uh, recruit, excuse me. And it's just kind of, kind of been the same way with Benjamin Perry. He's been kind of just a little bit under the radar, um, kind of keeps to himself a little bit. So it's interesting to see some of these, these top name guys, they're not, they don't hold themselves um, above anyone else. And it still, it seems like they, you know, have that, that personality where they're continuing to work and try to develop. Is there one player to you that stands out in this class that you think is just gonna, going to be like the stud of the class that a lot of people maybe might not be talking about?
2: I think there's going to be, you know, the, well, the reality, and let me touch on this. The reality of the fact is, you know, not all these guys are going to be college standouts. You know, there's never really been a recruiting class in history that I know of, that every single player has, you know, hit their projection in terms of, uh, you know, college production. But one guy that I continue, continually come back to, he's not, you know, highly rated. Rated uh, top 800 at 24-7 Sports Composite. I mean, you talk to him, can I walk her? Uh, he is an absolute – he's the real deal. And the thing that I love about him is the size, you know, a true 6'2". Mm-hmm. You know, you have a big corner. that They're very rare – they're very hard to come by. And a guy who's very shifty, very good, you know, technical – uh, skills and stuff like that. I think that he's going to come in, especially. I think part of it's due to you know raw skill, and the other part's due to um, you know the availability and opportunity that he's going to be able to see in the secondary with guys going gone. Because Chandler Jones could potentially go to the league after this season. Anthony Johnson the same way. Marlon Character is going to be gone. Russ He still be gone at the safety position, and Kenai is a guy who can play either as the cornerback or a safety. So I'm very interested to see him on the field.
0: Yeah, and I want to say to to that Presley, he is a future Seattle Seahawk, right? You're talking about a, a secondary that has always like they are the ones who kind of revolutionized having the big six foot two, six foot three corners out there. If you oh, remember yeah. the Super Bowl run, Richard Sherman, I think six two, Brandon Browner on the other on the opposite side was six four. You're talking about there's a real need. Cam Chancellor is another big
2: guy. I mean, yeah, I right. Mean, they, the whole the whole secondary was just unfair.
0: Right. And he is a guy that is athletic. He's long. Uh, he is really good with being able to, to get in position. And, and I've just seen a little bit of his tape. Um, but I think he's a guy who could be a plug and play starter from day one. And you're right. He's not. I, sometimes I don't understand what people aren't seeing with certain players. Now, obviously they know more than I do, but I watch these guys. Uh, and then I think about what Jair Alexander developed into and some of these three and, and two star guys that Louisville has landed over the years who have gone pro. And I'm thinking, how, how did, did they you miss on these yeah, guys? Yeah, how would you miss on this guy, and how do you continually rate players, you know, uh, lower than what they suggest their film probably is? Now, obviously, I know there's stuff that goes into that, uh, but he is a player who I believe is, is from a very competitive area, and to oh, be yeah. at 794 with what I've seen on tape makes no sense to me, but it excites me in the fact that, uh, you know, he's fallen under the radar enough for he's going to come to Louisville and people are not going to have a ton of tape or be paying a ton of attention, and he's going to make some noise from day one. 100%. let me ask you this let's get into the juicy stuff here because uh, i think that's the the, the stuff that fans want to know in recruiting is some of the details uh you wrote an article recently for for big red Louie, um highlighting some of the names that fans should keep an eye on at those positions that you mentioned um two of them offensive linemen one is yosef mergabill which i assume is how you pronounce that i'm probably far uh, off i sure that's that's basically <laughs> how i
2: would say it. i haven't got any confirmation on it but i yes he's a. It looks like he is one of the, you know, the top two, three guys on the big board, you know, four-star offensive lineman from, you know, Satterfield, Gunter Brewer, their backyard in uh, Murphy, North Carolina. So, um, it, there's no, you know, there's definitely no surprise that the staff is involved with this kid. And he's a guy, you know, that projecting he's 304 pounds, you know, 6'5". So, I mean, his, his frame is really kind of there in terms of, uh, you know, being able to to produce on the college level. So yeah, Yusuf is, is, was the first guy that I thought of when, uh, when you came to me with the article pitch.
0: Yeah. The next guy is Armand Bethea, who is an offensive lineman out of Brooklyn, which is an interesting area that Louisville has uh, not really recruited in since they landed uh, Kelby Johnson from Asa college way back in, I think 2016 out of Brooklyn, New York. Um, Tell me a little bit about him and about what you know with his recruitment.
2: Yeah, so um, I know that, you know, I've heard that his, he's going to be cutting his list. You know, here soon. How soon, I have no idea. But I know that Louisville is definitely in there. Um, watch for Ole Miss. Ole Miss offered not too long ago, and the Rebels are picking up a ton of steam on his recruitment. Here's the thing. We talk about, you know, recruiting, you know, services missing. He's a three-star recruit. He's not even in the top 1,000 in terms of the 24-7 sports composite, but he got invited to the U.S. All-American Bowl, like the Army All-American Bowl. I mean, the fact that a three-star not even in the top 1,000 gets gets that, you know, nod, that invitation, just goes to show you that, hey, the staff is just on it when it comes to evaluations and finding the -the under-the-radar talent. And he's a 6'6", 3'10". So, I mean, talk about – Uh, Yusuf's body being ready for college production. You know, Armand can definitely come in and be that, uh, you know, whether he plays at a guard or a tackle, he's just going to be one of those big beefy guys that Louisville needs to go to that next step. Because we saw Kentucky, one reason why, you know, Benny Snell and uh, Lynn Bowden Jr. have been so successful is because that offensive line is just absolutely massive. But they would be a great piece to add to the line to try to get to that level.
0: Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. I think the offensive line is one of those positions in recruiting that I, you've got to be the most excited about uh, because of how much talent they have just waiting in the stable right now that they brought in oh, in 2020 100%. and 2019. Uh, and that's only going to continue. And I think as those guys start to have success, that's going to open eyes on the recruiting trail um, and, and oh, yeah. really start to be able to, to target some elite players. Uh, the third player and the last player on the list is a quarterback, which may surprise a lot of people considering that TJ Lewis is already in the fold Louisville was uh, going to take two quarterbacks last year uh, with T-Webb and Trevor Purdy, but obviously settled for one. Uh, they've already got Lewis in the class, but you've got uh, Nick Vadiato. Is I believe how you pronounce that again. Not, no idea. Vadiato. Vadiato. That's how,
2: that's how I say it.
0: What, whatever you want to go with, this is a guy who's flying a little bit under the radar. Tell me a little bit about him, and why would Louisville consider taking a second quarterback?
2: Well, you know, one thing about recruiting the name of the game is things change and things change in a hurry, and I've been hearing that Louisville will, in fact, not be taking a second quarterback. But I do want to give Vonti out of his praise because if, if Lova was to take a second one, he's a prime guy, very underrated because he's only about 5'11", but he'll go toe-to-toe with anybody um, in terms of opposing quarterbacks. So just He's a gamer. He's one of those guys that just flat out makes plays, Kind of reminds me of like a Manziel in the in the way that he you know he's very versatile in his production whether it's slinging the ball downfield or making a place happen on the run. But yeah, quarterback doesn't seem to be the move here for Louisville, and the staff I've heard has shifted attention to the defensive line. It's you know the tackle in terms of the you know full on scope. So and I haven't really heard too many names on the defensive tackle radar. But here's the thing. Like I mentioned, Louisville has a ton of time. And I know that being patient isn't, isn't a great staple of the Louisville fandom because we want <laughs> stuff and we want it now. And we were very spoiled with the way that commits. I'm, you know, us three can relate because I'm sitting there. We're talking to each other. And it's hard to get commitment pieces out because they're coming. And it's like mm-hmm. boom, boom, multiple, mm-hmm. multiple, multiple. And now you're the fact that you just don't have that many spots. And the staff has just done phenomenal this past summer. And that, that's, they, they deserve the luxury to sit back and evaluate and find the guys that they truly feel is going to make an impact for their program.
1: Yeah, and that was going to be kind of our final question on, on football. was: What do you feel that Louisville needs at, at the defensive tackle? If, there, if there's not a guy that you can pinpoint, is there something, no. that, is there something that you think that the coaching staff looks for? Just let me, overall in, in a prospect.
0: Let me well, jump in here before you answer that, Dalton, because here's here's what I see. I see a defensive a defensive tackle position that is getting obviously younger, skewing younger with Henry Bryant, Jared Dawson, Desmond Till, but they need a guy who can be disruptive in the passing game. This is mm-hmm. the thing. I know that def- – t- Presley, we talked about this on Thursday night. Like a Sheldon
2: that, Rankins type player. Exactly. Almost.
0: You need a guy who can do more than just fill gaps and allow linebackers to, to penetrate and make plays in the backfield. You need a guy like Sheldon. Ryans who and D'Angelo Brown who can be disruptive who can make plays who can have sacks they combined for what six sacks at the defensive tackle position last year that cannot cut it you need a guy who can get you six to eight every single year what do you think about that
2: yeah no I think you're you're one hundred percent on um, in terms of you know the the player archetype that uh, Brian Brown looks for you know Brian Brown has gone on um, gone on record saying not only the versatility. But he, he likes speed. And, you know, having undersized guys on the line is okay as long as they have the speed and motor to make up for it. So um, I think that that's kind of where they'll look is guys that, uh, you know, have that high motor. And I think that that's going to be, you know, the, the, the verbatim requirement. You have to have a high motor, have to have a speed. Brown really, really um, makes the mark in terms of being a defensive coordinator, on speed. And we saw that at Appalachian State, and he's been very vocal about that point. But um, I would honestly like to see a guy like you said, a guy who is very disruptive in the passing game. But not only that is just being able to plug up, you know, the front offensive line, the gaps, you know, in the middle. I think that's, a, that's where Louisville has really struggled, you know, really ever since Charlie Strong left, is stopping guys from running straight up the middle. So, I mean, uh, I, I would expect the staff to look at a, a number of guys that, that have different techniques, but it's all going to boil down to this, uh, that same motor in terms of high motors so:
1: Aiden Clemens wrote in to us on Twitter, Aiden wants to know who will be our best player out of this recruiting class, but I'll narrow it down a little bit because that, I feel like that's a very, very broad question for 2021 yeah. for 2020. Um, I'm 2020, okay. We're, we're, we're talking a lot of defensive tackles. I feel that whoever wins that second position, that, that backup spot between Henry Bryant and Desmond Tell, I think that that could potentially be our breakout star um, from this freshman class. Is there anybody that stands out to you at all?
2: Um, well, not necessarily a true freshman, but I think that Trevor Reed – is honestly we we saw that he did a backflip or something crazy a couple months ago and just showing his athleticism I know that he's not listed as a starter right now but I fully believe that he will be at season's end I mean I think that this guy is going to be a a phenom and I'm not saying he's going to be a first-round pick but I truly believe that Ledford's going to be able to develop him into you know a guy who does get drafted maybe the second or third day depending but uh, I think yeah, uh, it's, it's a hard thing to look at, but I think Cam Wilson as well, you know, linebacker, outside linebacker, the highest-rated high school player that Louisville picked up in the 2020 class. Yeah, I definitely think he's going to be able to come in right away and produce.
0: Yeah, I I, I agree with you slightly that I think he's going to get time on the field. Yasser Abdul is my clear-cut breakout star from this year's team. I think he will end up being the best defensive player Louisville has by season's end. Uh, really? But to me – to me, it's it's uh, it's Lovey Jenkins. He's the only guy that in our top twenty-five rankings that from the freshman class that we had in there. Uh, I know he technically plays behind Russ Yeast, but if you're looking at a weak spot on the Louisville defense this year, I think that that other safety spot is the the spot that I'm concerned about. Isaiah Hayes, Jack Fago are going to be really good there, uh, or good, I should say. But I think that Jenkins is going to be good enough that they're going to have a hard time not playing him. And you're looking at some lineups where he's going to get on the field a lot more. Uh, because of his ability to produce. Uh, so he's a guy that I I think by season's end is going to be a starter on the defense. Dalton, what do you say? Yeah, no, I think, like, um, you know, like I mentioned with Kanai,
2: the opportunity there is just going to fly off the chart uh, right away. You know, um, and the thing about it is, you know, even if, you know, Isaiah and Russ hold down the fort like they're supposed to, you need to play two, maybe three deep at the position. So I definitely can see Lovey coming in. Being, you know, kind of like a Jair type player his freshman season, making plays when he needs to. I'm not saying that his breakout's ever going to be that substantial, but I could see him taking a considerable jump. Kind of Chandler Jones-esque. That's kind of where I feel comfortable with, you know, getting a guy who can be a high level player in the ACC.
0: All right, let's transition a little bit here because we spent most of the show talking football. We're running out of time, so let's move into Louisville basketball. Um, I've got to give major kudos to to Chris Mack, despite what other people want to say. To be able to recruit at this point with everything he's facing, not only a a global pandemic, but uh, the NCAA – Um, soon coming with a decision that likely ends up with some type of postseason band. Uh, And right now, Louisville is sitting in a good spot. I think in a lot better spot than we expected them to be. They hold three commitments. They rank third in the ACC, 13th nationally. They were as high as number two until they lose Bryce Hopkins. I wrote about this months ago. Funny enough, one of our writers in our big red lily group chat said, Hey, don't put that out there in the open that that might happen. Sure enough. Here we are a few months later. Bryce Hopkins is decommitted. It's towards Kentucky. It's, something we it's worried happening. about. Let me, let's start here because uh, you're more in tune with the recruits and what's going on. I, I personally believe that Bryce Hopkins' decommitment is not as big of a deal. Did it not, if it did not come with the comments of the concern of the NCAA in timing? I didn't think much about Louisville extending the, the the deadline to return their their notice back to the NCAA. Clearly, Bryce Hopkins took issue with that, worried about the timeline of when punishment might come, worried about when the postseason ban might, might have, have happened. He backs off of his commitment, but Louisville still has L. Ellis, Eric Van... Vanderhyden, I think is how you pronounce it. I'm probably off on that one as well. Uh, and then they've got Bobby Pettiford. I'm excited about this class. But in your mind, does Bryce Hopkins' decommitment uh, is it, it? Let me ask you this. Let's rephrase it back up here. Is it? Do you think his commitment is a bigger deal if it's strictly about wanting to go to a different school and play for a bigger program, or are you more concerned if his his decommitment is truly about the the NCAA and the postseason ban that's coming?
2: Well, I had a. I was really kind of. I was questioning, you know, his whole reasoning because the fact is if you get on a school for fighting sanctions, um, then if that's your point of view, then I'm sorry, we're just going to have to disagree here because Louisville cannot, you know, let the NCAA have its way because if that's the case, we are getting the hammer that has never been hammered before in college basketball. Um, It would be, it'd be such a, Easier pill to swallow in terms of him wanting to get recruited again had it not be where he's going to go. And it all but seems that way. It's picking up a ton of steam. And you, you it's a trademark statement that I literally keep saying every day. You just hate to see it. <laughs> and it's, it's happening. And I know that, you know, people want to say that, oh, I use in the mix. There's one team. And there's one team that's going to get him. If, if they offered, in my opinion, he was going. And uh, they offered, and
0: Yeah, I think his his, no dad's, it, his dad's comments tell you everything you need to know about what they were hoping for from Kentucky, which if you have not read up on Bryce Hopkins' uh, recruitment right now, I would encourage you to go over to bigredlily.com. We've got an article posted on that and what's going on with Kentucky. Um, Presley, what do you think, man? You've written, you've written a lot about Hopkins over his uh, you know, nine-month commitment. Um, I think you were the most encouraged about what he would bring what are your oh, yeah. thoughts on what, what happened and uh, where Louisville goes from here?
1: Well, I've, I've been saying from the start, and I think it's obviously going to be locked in um, when Hopkins commits to Kentucky. But I've been saying for the last year that I think Hopkins is a McDonald's All-American. This is a guy that when you watch his tape, he was not whatever he was ranked, 70th, 80th in the country, somewhere in there. Um, and that was apparent to um, the the scouting guys who moved him up quite a bit in the in the most recent rankings. And as um, as time goes on he's gonna move up even further this is a guy who has a college ready body um, he's a guy that has a developing outside shot he's a guy who's a dog man like he's this is a guy who's is if he goes to UK he's gonna win them some ball games like he, he has that, he has that clutch gene and that's why I loved watching Bryce Hopkins because he wasn't just like like somebody that stands out to me like like BJ King and Wayne Blackshear guys that stood out they like when you watch their game, you were just so impressed with how smooth they were, how talented they were. Like they are just apparent McDonald's All-Americans. But Bryce Hopkins has that. Plus, he has that clutch gene in him, right? Like he he just has that way about him that I think that he's a winner. I think that he could potentially be a one and done with the exposure that he'd get at a place like Kentucky. Um, and it's it's it hurts to it hurts to see it because it's it's a guy that. I thought could be a, a huge impact um, a, as an addition in that, in that 2021 class. Um, with that being said, it's not something that we didn't see coming. Um, I think that, I think Jacob, as soon as this stuff dropped, I think he were kind of the first one, like, yeah, we're going to lose Hopkins. Like, because he, he's just been a guy that's just been, uh, you know, on the, t- on the top of everybody's boards. And I think that a lot of people knew um, what was coming down the pipeline for Louisville. And that's why, um, that's why he started getting a lot more offers, because I think that, that coaches knew that there was potential there to poach him. And I think coaches see kind of what we've seen from the beginning, is that he, this dude is just a born winner, and, and he would be beneficial to any roster in the country. There's and,
2: been a ton of smoke over him possibly decommitting for the past couple months, and right. I remember – yeah, I mean, it's, hey, look, it, man, when
0: when you when you're a 17 year old kid and you you commit a class ahead of time, typically those those end up in decommitments. I, I think well, the numbers course. would show that majority of the kids who de- who commit as juniors, by the time they sign, they're signed with a different program. Presley, what you and I have agreed that what Mac has done has been um, a, a lot more than what we thought might be the case this year, especially landing L. Ellis. Um, but what right. do you think in terms of what he's done and where the class sits?
1: You know, I, I feel like I've been listening a lot in this offseason to a lot more, um, I wouldn't say national, but more like unbiased uh, sources. The reason being because I kind of want to know what the, what the perception is of Louisville basketball outside of our little bubble where everything's okay, everything's positive. Yeah, um, you can tell by the chat. There is not everything is not okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I every from everything that I picked up, um, there's kind of a uh, a negative vibe. Like Louisville is bending the knee. Louisville fans wouldn't be reacting like this if it was Rick Pitino. Um, you know, it basically That's an insinuation true. that that Louisville fans are not. Uh, are are trying are giving Chris Mack a break um, under the guise that um, there are issues with the program in regards to you know probation[s] and bans and that sort of thing. Um, however, I will still re- I've still remained adamant that that is the truth, um, and and Coach Mack has has said as much um, on our podcast um, that it, it is. Extreme. It's an extremely difficult environment in which to recruit when there's so much uncertainty. And that's only even more affected um, by what is happening with, uh, with the coronavirus, with the pan- pandemic stuff. You know, when you can't get kids on campus, when there's just – everything has kind of come to a halt. Uh, a, a kid like Bryce Hopkins is going to be there for the taking because um, – because he's – there's just a lot of sitting around. There's a lot more conversation going on. There's a lot less day-to-day and a lot more, you know, recruiting and people getting in his head. Um, So, to me, overall, for the 2021 class, I'm impressed that for the second year in a row, Louisville has snagged the number one Juco recruit in the country. I know he's a Juco player, and I know that, you know, somebody I think was, was, you know, kind of – Joking with you a little bit, like maybe yesterday, Dalton, about that it always seems like Louisville has the quote unquote number one Juca recruit. But when, when he, I went to the, high
2: school with the guy, and I'm sitting there like it, it I see when, where you are coming from. But Jay Scrub, number one, L. Ellis was number one, Jamarian mm-hmm. Sharp is now number one. I right. there's facts, and then there's you know, blue glass bias,
1: exactly. So, so I mean, when you literally like, I mean they're ranked number one. Like, I I don't know what else there is to say, Um, but you know, I I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a kind of a tricky line to walk, but you know, Jacob brought up the fact that, that we have an article on the website right now talking about, about recruiting budgets. You know, there, there's so much more of a trickle down effect than we even realize just as fans, you know, we think, oh, it's no big deal. Just pay him the money. Just don't take the postseason ban. But the, here's the thing. When you have to cut funds, if you, if you consider how often John Calipari can travel, how often John Calipari can, can reach out to players in more creative ways, how much more they can put into their big blue madness versus our Louisville Live, and the, so on and so forth. There's so much that goes into just a recruiting budget when you have to significantly cut that budget because of penalties that you have to take because of the previous regime, that is brutal. That's something that is very, very difficult to overcome. And I know that that you and I had had a a previous conversation about um, what the challenges were with recruiting. And we know that it's not just budgetary stuff, but still when, when you, you were affected that drastically just by the budgetary stuff itself, like there still is a, there still is a trickle down effect so oh, yeah. the nba knows what they're doing when, when they're hitting you in the pocketbook regardless of what pr- public perception is
0: yeah i, uh, I want to jump in here and first i want to say this uh i just looked up jamarian sharp I was not familiar with that name chris max he's, he's but, from hey, he's played here yeah, Chris Mack, go go look at him. That's a school you're pretty familiar with. I, I would love a seven foot two. Oh, they,
2: trust me, they they know they they know all about Mister Sharp. Uh, That's the first <laughs> time I've
0: heard his name. So I they've, I've, been, they've I, been
2: keeping a ton. They've been keeping tabs on him. I, I can pretty much tell you that. All
0: right, so let's look at this. Let's look at the big board for Louisville because a lot has changed uh, even since I put out uh, an updated big board uh, last week for Louisville basketball recruiting. A lot has changed. So I think at the guard position, Dalton, tell me if I'm wrong here. I think we can, for the most part, kind of move on. Bobby Pettiford, L. Ellis are in in the the stable there. Hunter Salas picked up that offer from Kentucky. I would imagine um, Louisville is probably out there despite – I'd say
2: Kansas leads for Hunter right now.
0: So unless there's another name that I don't know at this point, Louisville at the guard position is probably good with Ellis and Pettiford. Would you agree?
2: Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, it's not out of the question that they could take another guard. If anything, I think it's more of a hybrid combo forward in terms of being a wing, like maybe like a a David Jones or a Michael James out of Orlando. Uh, Dallin Coleman is another name that's kind of been tossed around the fold for the past couple months. He's also from the Florida area. But uh, right now, I think that the focus is on, you know, not only replacing Hopkins, but addressing what was a need when Hopkins was in the fold and that's you know the front court
0: yeah so let's move on to the wing position here I, I kind of combine this in the uh, bigger guard more Sam Williamson mold with the combo forward Jordan Wara Dwayne Sutton type of player that's how I typically lay the big boards out here um, so on the board for Louisville I have Aminu Muhammad which again he's a five-star guy I don't expect Louisville to land him but he is nope. – uh, Louisville's been in the, in the mix there for a long time. The guy that I think that I want to spend the most time talking about here is Trey Kaufman. Um, he's the, the guy that I think makes the most sense. I'll let you here in a second, Dalton, tell me whether or not that's right. The other name I had on there is Michael James. He has since cut his list. I thought Louisville was a serious contender for him. He is a Chris Mack wing if I've seen one. Uh, he's down to five schools. That list does not include Louisville at this point. Um, so it, 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 Trey Kaufman. I think it, Louisville needs that same type of six eight six seven combo forward. He's right over the river. We're in the middle of a pandemic where maybe going out of state doesn't make sense. IU is the clear leader there from what everybody has said from the get-go. Can Louisville turn the heat up and make it a serious race for Trey Kaufman?
2: Well, I mean, I feel like they have turned the heat. I, there, there's, some, there's some obstacles that, you know, I, I'm not going to speak on because I personally don't know for certain, so I'm not going to speculate but um, it, it seems like there there's kind of a distance between the two parties, so it makes perfect sense. Like you said, he's right in our backyard. He's a top sixty guy. Uh, if you watch his film, you know he's he's going to be very productive. But um, you know, I think uh, I think it could be another like a call, um, excuse me, you a know, Hopkins thing. You know, waiting for a Kentucky, a Duke, a North Carolina offer. I do think that Indiana has been, you know, almost the team to beat for quite some time now. At this point, I don't expect Louisville to land Kaufman. Um, I wouldn't get our hopes up, you know, too high. I understand it makes sense from a geographical standpoint, but at the end of the day, that is not the end-all be-all. You're not going to get every player in your backyard. Um, like I said, I, I'm not going to speculate too much into it, but I would definitely caution Louisville fans from being – too optimistic that Louisville's going to land him.
0: Yeah, Presley. Let me ask you this because you and I have talked a lot about um, Eric Huygen who Louisville landed uh, last month out of North Carolina, six foot nine. Uh, but Presley, my question is the lineup versatility that Mac has <laughs> with Jalen Withers, Quinn Quinzelinski, Eric Heigen, uh, These guys that are all like they they are completely different shapes, sizes, game. Like they can do so many different things. Are you as worried about that kind of Bryce Hopkins role? Uh, knowing that they have a guy like Eric Vander in the role who is in the fold, who's really big and can allow you to do different things. So here's why that worries me a little bit, because
1: I know how much Chris Mack valued Dwayne Sutton. I know how hard he worked to go out and get a fifth year guy who could bring that Dwayne Sutton type of tenacity uh, this season. Um, the, there's not as much of that in those players to me. And that's why the, that's what brings the concern for me with losing Hopkins because Hopkins was that type of guy. He was, he was the um, super consistent, give you whatever, whatever the defense, or he will take whatever the defense gives him. Right. Um, very consistent on both ends of the floor, extremely good in traffic, great rebounder, improving, Uh, shooter um, and just gives you those hustle plays. You know, I mean, we're, you know, there's been a lot of talk lately about like a Montrez Harold type of player who's literally earning contracts right now. He's going to earn a crazy contract in the NBA just because of his hustle, you know, able to play center just because of his hustle. There are just guys out there like that. I don't see that in those three recruits. And that's what concerns me. It's the same thing I know, Jacob, for you that concerns you with Jordan Wara, right? He, They were their long, lanky wings who have a solid shooting – well, actually more than solid shooting, really. Great – are great shooters, can get to the basket, um, but don't provide a ton as far as just having like – they don't stand out to me as, as – it's going it, to – it comes off as, as kind of crass or, you know, like judging, um, you know, from the outside looking in a little bit, but I'm not sure if they bring that kind of Dwayne Sutton type of mentality. I don't know if they bring that lunch pail mentality. And that's, that's what, that's what concerns me. It's nothing, nothing personally against them. These aren't super Chris Mack-esque type, type of players. So either A, he is reevaluating and creating uh, lineups, you know, the way that, that he Uh, envisions them at Louisville is different than the way that he saw them at at Xavier or um, you know Louisville's kind of is going to be missing out um, on, on the type of guys that he truly wants to land and that that's what concerns me there as far as that blue collar lunch pail type of type of player
0: Dalton, I've been watching more highlights of Jamari and Shark, man. I'm convinced that we need to make this happen here because this is a guy who looks like he would play for Florida State. I just got to say that. Oh, yeah. Seven more more guys that look like they'd play for Florida State. When's
2: the last time Louisville had a, no, competent seven-foot-two guy? You know, I wouldn't say Matt Stockton. Yeah, you got to throw that word in there. Yeah, you have to throw that word in there. I mean, yes, I think he's right. He can be a guy that can come in and
0: give you that shot block. He He looks – his length looks a little bit on a Mahmoud type, like the way that his yeah. arms just go on for forever. So that would be my answer to that. So at the wing position, you say Trey Kaufman is is not really an option. Um, I told you that that Michael James has since cut Louisville out of his list mm-hmm. since making the top eight. Uh, you mentioned David Jones, who's a name that's been thrown out there. Uh, hasn't been a lot of steam behind that. Is there any name out there that we should keep an eye on? I, I really like the kid uh, Robbie Armbester out of out of Georgia, who will be playing his ball, his college, or his high school his last high school season in Utah this year. He's a guy that I really like who has that dog mentality. He's undersized uh, at six foot four, six foot five. Uh, but, but what says you on, on what they could do with that with that kind of need?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't heard too much in terms of um, you know other other wings. Uh, Jemai Mashik from um, out in uh, Rancho Cucamonga, California. Six foot five, so not necessarily a true wing, but definitely kind of filling into the two guard or a wing in college. He's a guy whose recruitment starting to pick up steam. Got offers from Tennessee, got offers from Arizona. I think he's a name to look out for. But I think right now, um, the front court, the bigs, are where we really have to turn our focus. And Mac knows that.
0: Yeah, all right, so let's look at that real quick because that is clearly, you've said that now twice. I, I completely agree that that is the spot that they've got to find somebody to replace Malik Williams. Uh, so the three guys on the board have, have been, and for a while now, have been Efton Reed um, out of Virginia, Roosevelt Wheeler out of Virginia, and uh, I, I'm probably going to botch this here, but I'm going to do my best. Michael Wibber, ETN is how I'm guessing that is pronounced. I have no idea. My, it's one of them. my Calber. Mike okay. Calber my call. All right. Etn, another big guy reminds me like a a near clone of Joe Kim Noah. But what do you know at that, at those, (laughs) out of those three guys, Efton Reed is the guy that I, if I could pick, I'd take him in a heartbeat, but what do you, what do you think and where do you think they end up?
2: Yeah. Well, unfortunately um, it it seems like right now we're looking at, you know, Efton Reed, Virginia is going to be the team to beat there, obviously in the backyard. So you have to watch out for that. Um, ETN, they're still high on him. I don't think that he's close to a decision yet. Roosevelt Wheeler, correction, should be the one that we really have to look at right now. He's very high on Louisville and vice versa. Um, if you watch his film, I mean, it's absolutely incredible. He's, a, I think, number 54 in the nation. I, I would almost go and say that's a little bit um, – a little bit underselling it, but I think that the top two on the board right now are going to be Jamarian Sharp and, you know, Roosevelt Wheeler. They're going to continue to recruit Efton Reed, going to continue to recruit or ETN. But I think that the, the former are the two that would be the
0: most likely options. And, And in your opinion, what is the, what's the better fit there from what Chris Mack does? I mean, really,
2: I think, taking two bigs is really the avenue that we could possibly see and they're they're two really different type of players I think with Sharp you're going to see you know seven foot two uh, seven foot seven wingspan I mean the the guy is you know a freak athlete for his size he's shown a little bowl bowl bowl-ish range not saying he's going to be ever that you know complacent in terms of shooting but you, to get a guy, when's the last time you know Louisville's had a premier shot blocker? I mean, I guess you could say Honest Mahmoud was definitely serviceable, but a premier shot blocker. Sharp really looks like he could project into that role. And Roosevelt Wheeler, it looks like a guy that you could see playing in the NBA just because he runs a bit on the floor really well. He's a high-energy guy on the defensive end, and he's got the true 6'10 frame. A lot of, a lot of times Louisville gets guys like Montrez, like Shane behane and they're smaller guys. You know, six, 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 seven, six, eight. But this guy, you know, six foot ten. So the lateral height or the vertical heights, there I should say. And uh, I think that they're both. They both will be good fits. And uh, if they both can get, if we can get both of them on top of the three that they have now, I think it's a home run for Chris Mack. And really, the three that they have now, you know, shout out to Coach Mack because he's done a fantastic job. I know that my stance has changed a little bit since our uh, that notable podcast on a cool day in April, I guess. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I definitely think that both of them are going to be the guys you look at.
0: Yeah. Wheeler reminds me a lot of Clint Capella in the way that he can run the floor. He is, he's, he's not, soon, bi- he's not as big, he's not as big, but look, go back to, to Clint Capella. And, I agree. And, 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 no, I of definitely France. agree. The thing about Wheeler is his ability to run the floor, which uh, I, I don't think Louisville has really had a rim runner since Terrence Jennings would be the last guy that I would classify as a rim runner. I mean, I, I mean, guess maybe he, Enoch, but, or
2: but Jalen Johnson, but he was a, he was smaller though. He kind of fit that mantra as well. I think he, he, you couldn't really classify him as a rim runner.
0: Yeah. All right. Let me ask you this and we'll get out of here on this last one. Uh, it's been, uh, what, about about a month now since we got the last commit. Um, there, there's a lot of news for Louisville on the NCAA, when that's going to all take place, whether or not they're going to elect to go through the independent review committee or go through the actual infractions committee. In your mind, if you had to timetable um, when this class has its next commit, if you even know that information, what would you say? um and if not do you envision them being able to have the class done by the time the early signing period rolls around or do you think that they'll do what they did last year and kind of keep spots open and wait going into the spring
2: yeah i mean unless they you know hit on their their top guys i think that they'll keep a spot open and at least one spot in the spring just you know we got a guy like carly jones charles minlan you know a, a, a surefire grad transfer but um Obviously, you've seen my tweets. There, There is good news on the way. I don't have a timetable, which people think is a lazy way out. But with, you know, the state of Louisville basketball, I now I felt that some people needed to know that there was good news on the way. Um, I think it's a matter of when and not if. And it's, it's definitely a guy that we've talked about on this podcast. So uh, a guy that I'm super high on. Obviously, you're super high on. So I don't want to give too much away. Don't want to, you know. Um, you know spoil his thunder never want to do that with the recruit but I can tell you that um, uh, after what I heard Friday afternoon I am extremely confident all
0: right well that's that's good news all right well we're going to finish the show Uh, Dalton thank you for first of all for coming on and and given us your recruiting expertise yeah 100 it's been a it's been a nice update and don't you and i have talked about this i feel like we there was needing a, a reset of everything because so much yeah. has happened over the last few months so thank you for doing that ladies and gentlemen thank you for tuning into the big Redley podcast it's been a lot of fun talking recruiting something that i know you guys are really excited about especially as louisville and football starts to take that next step into competing in the acc presley thank you for your time uh, it's been a lot of fun getting to see your, your wonderful face on this podcast. Um, and you and I have got a lot of good stuff in store over the next couple of weeks for Big Red Louie. I'm really excited for it.
1: I am as well, sir. I cannot wait to share our wonderful ideas with the people.
0: All right. You heard the man. You can catch us at BigRedLouis.com. Uh, all kinds of new content all the time there. You can follow Dalton on Twitter at DPence underscore. You can catch his work at Card Sports Zone, obviously, at Big Red Louie. Thank you guys for your time. We'll catch up with you all soon.